0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
1: this gauntlet match is already uh, over and closing in on that that 60 minute mark and now, went for the uh, the Phoenix Splash, Cena rolled out of the way. Rollins up on his shoulders again, oh. AA John Cena rolls through. Oh, look at the power of Cena. And oh. now Rollins steps behind, oh, he got him with a
0: knee. Oh. Rollins has got him in position. The stop, oh. the stop to Cena, can Rollins capitalize? Seth drags himself to the cover, shoulders down. Ryan's dead! He did it!
1: John Cena has been eliminated from the gauntlet match. You want to make Monday night yours? That's exactly how you do it. When Ryan's when it's time to begin It's on the Rewind Around with John Pollock And waiting the 18 that makes sense That these things we see in the ring every week on TV It's Rewind Around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post-wrestling site. It's Rewind A Raw. For Monday night, on USA, now on the John and Wei, take the mic. Hello everybody, welcome to Rewind A Raw. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting, and we are here to chat about the longest match in the
0: history of WWE. Officially, yes. Wow, that that actually... Do you consider this one it? match? Yes, technically, yeah. It's kind of technically
1: one match. There was one winner at the end of it. I think if you're going to include a Royal Rumble that has staggered entrances, we have a match that was staggered matches within them. Absolutely. This this blows away the length of any prior WWE match. Yeah, yeah. Even the match they brought up during the commentary is actually Mm -hmm. an exaggerated time. Right. So this is... This was a hour and 47 minutes you know i thought they
0: they could have gone the whole three hours
1: watching the end of it and it was certainly i think it was the front half of the match that most will mm-hmm. uh focus on but i thought had this been a two-hour show and at 10-2 they announced that you know due to time constraints we won't be able to get to the six women uh, the tag match we, I thought that would be such a cool idea to do it. This match goes the whole episode. You've announced other matches that you can't get to, which is something they would do back in the odd time. They do a 60 minute match on TV. Yeah. Um, I thought in a two hour format, this would have been really cool to have just been the whole show. Definitely. This was the greatest but advertisement for this chamber match I think on so. Sunday.
0: Yeah. But that means they still have room to do this, you know, to break that record, maybe for a future edition of Raw. I can't
1: tell you. What a great mood I was in. Without any promos, any my guests at this time, mm-hmm. the WWE universe, I I I was very high on this idea. Yeah. So, anyway, that, that would be the big, uh, the talking point. But, mm-hmm. before we get into things, way either now or at the end of the show, you are going to have to let our listeners know your true thoughts on Black Panther, because there oh have been God. requests
0: made. There have been Jesus. requests made. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I- um... I'm not going to like talk about it. I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh. But uh So, I don't think it has to wait. But like, what was your your general impression when you left the movie? When did you see it first of all? I saw I saw it opening day. Oh, okay. On, on Thursday? On Friday. Friday, Actually, I guess Friday would would have been opening day. And uh I mean, I thought one of the best uh films Marvel has done and I also thought maybe the most important superhero film that that that's ever been made. Just I think for the the significance of um, something being so successful that um, is led by a minority cast with a minority director. And um, I'll tell you something. Like, I was at a Toys R Us, like, uh, a few weeks ago. I saw a black man buy Black Panther masks for his kids. Okay. And just seeing that was so cool because... I can't think of a time where, like, I would have been able to to buy like a Chinese superheroes mask for myself. You know what I mean? Like, maybe like the closest thing we would have had would have, would have been like Okato. Not Okato, but um. like like some like uh like a Dragon Ball thing, like a Goku thing. Mm-hmm. But even then, like when they decided to make a Dragon Ball movie, they casted a white dude as Goku. Mm-hmm. So now, like you have a movie that's one of the most successful superhero movies ever. And now, you know, kids, I suppose, can go to the playground and be able to dress up as somebody who looks like them. And I think that's incredibly powerful. And I think it shows you maybe the power that comic book superhero stories have and the power that Hollywood can potentially have. And it just kind of goes against so many, like, things that you've heard in the past about how You know, you can't really cast minorities in lead roles in blockbuster films uh, with, I guess, like, full minority cast because they won't sell. And that's, I guess, kind of bullshit.
1: Did you follow the the character before the movie? Did you? No,
0: not really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that probably
1: helps because. You can kind of go in with. uh, I don't
0: really have. I didn't really have expectations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely
1: like to see it. I've I've heard. Yeah. You know, really positive reviews of the, of the movie so far. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were, were curious about your own thoughts. How was your weekend? It was good. Beyond uh,
0: Black Panther. Yeah. It was not bad. How was yours?
1: It's good. I saw you briefly on Saturday. <sighs> yes, you did briefly. Yeah, yeah, we hung
0: out. Yes, we went to the bank. We went to the bank. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah.
1: And then... Uh, Anything what, else? Uh, I, watched, I watched the UFC card on Sunday night, which was really good. Very good card actually Yeah I
0: heard Yeah
1: I, I wrote a bit about that On the website mm-hmm. And What else did I do On the weekend That was uh, I'm blanking Went out I went out on Saturday night
0: what did What'd you, you do?
1: I uh, went out for dinner With my wife It was like One of the first times We've gone out for dinner Since we've had our Our child So that was fun Just to go out The, uh, the two of us We went to this uh, This restaurant uh, This French restaurant Actually
0: Oh Yeah Okay. It
1: had this weird bathroom that had, well, not so much a weird bathroom, but the wallpaper was covered in these aliens that were apparently like having like some kind of orgy. And this was the wallpaper. It was very strange wallpaper. It was just aliens that were like on top of one another.
0: What? Okay. It sounds interesting.
1: It kind of didn't fit the theme of
0: the restaurant, but it was very jarring. Huh. So. Interesting. No. Weird wallpaper. Bathrooms are, are, I guess, like places where interior designers can really go nuts. You, you can kind of almost do anything in a bathroom. Yeah, I feel like the
1: the expectation is so low that you can just go go wild with things. But yeah. and then you almost come out into a totally different world in this restaurant, which doesn't really fit the uh, the theme presented
0: Some, in the bathroom. Sometimes the decoration in the bathroom could be the the draw of a restaurant. Like I know there's this like. Um, there are a few restaurants in in the city where, like the bathrooms, have these buttons on the wall, and if you hit the button on the wall, like, it'll set off like um like a like, different types of like disco lighting inside. And really, each stall has its own thing. Yeah, I'm blanking out on the on the name of the restaurant, but, it's pretty cool. I was actually pissed over the weekend because my
1: favorite show has become Riverdale, mm-hmm. and they just took this break over Christmas. Yeah, And we go to watch it on on Friday And they're off this week And they're off for like a month They don't have another episode till like March the 7th I don't know if they're taking this break For the Olympics or for whatever reason But this show takes a lot of damn hiatuses Damn
0: It's almost like they need time to make this show
1: This is like the only show I watch It's literally the only non-fighting wrestling show I watch
0: Riverdale Oh man
1: So I'm so disappointed That and I I watch a bit of a chopped uh, The US version now I've moved on to Interesting Yeah okay. these, so these, these are your shows Yeah this is uh, This is how I'm trying to Keep up with your Your movie going Experiences Well Riverdale And Chopped Those are all There's a lot of
0: good Stuff out there
1: Yeah Riverdale is really uh, it, It's It's heightening There mm-hmm. was this one Plot line from You could see a mile away About this Member of the FBI mm-hmm. That was after Archie To try and get him To uh, To spy On uh, On Veronica's Uh Father. Wow. But you knew that this guy was just being completely uh manipulated by the father who was doing this as a test, and we got the big reveal. But this thing went on for like six episodes. This mystery FBI informant, this agent.
0: This I, is, a, this is have... a great show you're missing out uh, on. I I think it's too late for me to jump in. It's such a ridiculous show, but it's so much fun. Um did you watch the new being the elite? I haven't seen you the haven't had, you wouldn't have had time because you you're driving.
1: They here. dropped it during RAW,
0: didn't they? I think they always upload during RAW. That's probably a smart time to drop it. Just it really no, is, no time for me to watch. Yeah, it really is kind of like the the nine o'clock or like the the seven like Monday nights basically are kind of like the prime real estate I realize for um, you know a lot of wrestling related media, mm-hmm. whether it be podcasting or or whatever else. Because that's when all wrestling fans congregate. But I pr- primarily after. did you watch it yeah i did anything uh of note do people get like sensitive to spoilers for something (sighs) like this i don't care (laughs) not on this show it's not even that much to spoil but like uh they continued to tell the story between of of the breakup between kenny omega and uh or sorry um kenny omega and cody i'll tell you what i did
1: watch i watched that uh (laughs) kenny omega kota obushi dude when it ended i thought i was like 10 minutes in I was ready to watch this thing, for, and it was suddenly a half hour was done. Yeah.
0: So the first 15 minutes are on the New Japan YouTube, but the full 30 minutes. I watched are, the whole 30. Yeah. It's 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 great. Um, like they gave
1: you like the whole like like history. a whole story about yeah. a double team maneuver and why they're they're not going to do high flying stuff this time around. They both have now competent knee strikes
0: that they can yeah. now
1: bring together, and then the sit down for the last half.
0: Yeah, I, I've never seen any of their DDT matches, I know, I mean, all I know about them is that they used to team together, but like, even knowing that little bit, just s- s- them setting the scene of Kota Ibushi training in his room that he usually trains alone in, and in walks Kenny Omega, and this is their first training session together in God knows how long. Can they still do all their double T moves? The moment they stood up on the top turnbuckle, ready to do that double 450, I was like, I was like, butting my lip. Like, it was like, it was just like, it is the best type of like, It, it it's like, it's a, it's a great love story that they are telling through a professional wrestling tag team. And I, I just, I think it's, oh. I thought it was so good. When Kenny Omega is just let
1: let me take this this answer and he starts talking about yes i have been with the bullet club and people assume that we are always training together that is not the case while i've been trying to be the best i've been doing it on my own and i've been lonely and i've been lonely for a long time (laughs) i was like oh my god this is like the layers i i just i crave in wrestling i know Uh, I I loved that documentary Yeah, Um, That and it was weird I was was up late the other night And I was just flipping through channels And I ended up finding this like hour long show On Canadian television about (laughs) Kota Ibushi And it was like really intriguing stuff About him talking about You know in so many people in wrestling They covet working for a big company Because that means big money But if he had to choose Between money and wrestling Mm -hmm. He would choose wrestling
0: Oh, wow, it was, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Who was hosting?
1: Um, some upstart. Um, I I missed the name, but it was I I don't even know what the the name theme was. And something. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it oh, was shows very intriguing. Somewhere. Oh, okay. Big it, focus yeah. on DDT. Interesting. interesting. And then I, and then I watched all about uh, uh, a Canada Day wrestling card
0: by. Uh, that that one was awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sorry, the one in Nunavut or not?
1: Oh. This was the one it went to various um was it in Nunavut? I don't it went know. to
0: a few places. Like up in northern Quebec and
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, with, that one was great. With the native wrestlers yeah. and you had uh what was his name? The the Mountie character. The heel Mountie character. I don't know. Oh.
0: People will have no idea what we're talking about until they see it, but if you've seen well. it If you're Canadian and you have vice then you can see it. <laughs> and if you stay up at about Yeah, we can't I don't know what I can talk about. <laughs> I don't know what I can talk about. Just just check your PVR. <laughs> it is out there somewhere. <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: what I did see on Monday night, uh, in lieu of being the elite, was uh, Joey Janela put up... Uh, he worked with the Wrestling Arcade um, yep. account yeah. and put up this video to unlock the latest match announcement for their show. Interesting. This thing... Do you want to see some of this? Yeah, I do. Okay, this thing was like... I just saw the graphic for it, and I was like, I am pausing Raw to watch this right now, because it looks great. It's it's 90 seconds, which is, to me, an ideal length.
0: This is a preview of Joey Janela's Spring Break, the second teaser that they've done. The first one was great, uh, you know what? previewing the Sasuke match. So now you have to unlock the match announcement. How do you unlock it? Oh, I get it. Oh, my God. So for people who can't see it, it is in the style of, like, an old w, uh, WWF video. Oh, wait. This is what, like, it's in the style of, like, um, Final Fight or Fatal Fury, whatever that, like a double dragon, like a double dragon. Yeah, exactly. And you and have to, it's Joey Janela. <laughs> and, and Glacier, they've just and, defeated Jim Cornette.
1: Yep. Their next opponent is Virgil. Virgil. With his fuck money.
0: Okay. He's been frozen. Oh, Glacier's got ice. Shoot! Shoots ice out of his hands. Of course. Who's
1: <laughs> Marty, that? Marty Jannetty just fell from the sky.
0: And there's Dink. Oh, a bunch of Dinks. Wink Pink. Yeah. This is amazing! What? Why does Marty Jannetty have a f- torch? Because he's burned every bridge. Okay. Unlock. So are all these guys going to be there? Well. We're almost at the end. Oh, this.
1: Okay, so now they're shooting... Oh, Shawn Michaels has just taken out Marty Jannetty.
0: And that's our announcement. What the? (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's cool. Okay, Walter versus... Pierre Carl Willett.
1: He should be wrestling as Jean Pierre Lafitte. Yeah, I feel that would be. Yeah,
0: you know, I know the. That's kind of cool. Is that like what Joey Janela Spring Break is kind of known for? Like bringing back a lot of these wacky old characters. Uh, oh. Not even old time. It's just
1: you know, obscure, weird matchups, okay. and they're selling really well. Yeah. So great job from Wrestling Arcade. That guy is just killing it. Yeah, and. One of the many shows that is going on uh, WrestleMania weekend. So before we start shows coming up this week, first of all, I want to plug uh, our roundtable show that is up that has gotten a critical acclaim from yeah. some out there uh, with y- y- yourself, myself and Damian Abraham. Yep, uh, The three of us chatting many topics for over an hour in Damian's own house. First time I've ever been to the, the home of Damian Abraham.
0: And for Double Double Plus members, you can watch this. Oh boy. You're going to get uh, your money's worth with this video. Yeah, you'll probably catch a contact eye. Probably. Just like we did.
1: <laughs> yeah, Damien was, uh, well, he was in full Damien mode. Yep. Uh, so that's up. And then coming up this week, we have Rewind to SmackDown coming up on Tuesday night. Thursday is the return of British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie, and Benno. Friday, we have Rewind Away for our patrons out there. All of our uh, All of our members will have access to our review of Super Brawl 3 that features the White Castle of Fear strap match. And
0: this show, Jesus, I didn't this know. This month, this month in WCW history is insane. I didn't know what I was sitting down to watch. I had no idea some of the matches that were going to be on this show.
1: Well, uh, it's all the chaotic nature of WCW in one, building up to one pay-per-view. Because this is the, it just before this, is Bill Watts' resignation. So you have this crazy power change within mm-hmm. wcw you have rick flair coming back yeah you have jim ross off television
0: yeah but on top of that just in terms of the wrestling there is some incredible variety on the show there's i we saw uh, uh two colt scorpio versus chris benoit mm-hmm. in 1993 i think this is benoit's first wcw pay-per-view really wow and then uh, uh beyond that i mean there, there was like I watched um... What, what Falls it? Count Anywhere C- match with Paul Orndorff and Cactus, Cactus Jack. Jack. The Heavenly Bodies versus the Rock and Roll Express was also on this show. Because like-
1: one of Bill Watts' last moves was getting this working agreement with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and then mm. he's gone. So you have to blow off this angle here on this show. Yeah. And then, of course, it's. Uh, and then, yeah, Flair's returning on this show, mm. which they couldn't promote on television.
0: Yeah, but he was on TV uh, calling the great Muda versus Barry Windom. Like, look at look at this. Talk about uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break. This that's Super Bowl three right there. There's a, this show is nuts, here. so we're not going to review yeah. it now, but that's coming out Friday for all
1: our patron members. So you can go sign up now, and you not only get that show, but all of the patron shows that we have done. And then coming up this weekend, we've got the Elimination Chamber on Sunday. So Way and I will be back with a post-show late Sunday night, chatting about a pay-per-view that I've got to say, I am more intrigued with after Raw than I was before. So already, I think a positive coming out of raw
0: well let's get to it the people looking for uh time are getting very impatient tough it was a long one tonight
1: uh tonight was their first of two straight nights at the talking stick resort arena and that's about the only talking involved on this show mm-hmm. uh they're in phoenix for two straight nights so an easier night for the crew and those that have to work uh both shows to stay in the same city and the show started off with a moment of silence for all the victims of the horrific shooting in Parkland, Florida, which I, w- I thought was a really nice thing to have mm-hmm. at the start of the show, uh, yes. to acknowledge that. And then the show proper began with Roman Reigns coming out, and we cut to the announcers previewing this gauntlet match that we're going to have involving all seven members of the Elimination Chamber, and we had Jonathan Coachman, the man that used to work for ESPN and tee up the highlight of the night well there were none on ESPN tonight because all the highlights were in Corey Graves hair <laughs> what was going on here he had like these blonde streaks as though mm. he would getting gotten into Michael Cole's like 2002
0: kit um yeah, trying out trying out a different look yeah He's maybe not a space for tattoos maybe him
1: and Seth Rollins went out for like a a hair day or something like that Seth Rollins lost the highlights yeah well Corey found them yeah so, we the only announcement we had from Kurt Angle was the taped speech from last week on Facebook after Raw went off the air that the Elimination Chamber will now feature seven men. I don't think once on this show they explained how that would work to someone that hasn't thought of, how is this going to work with the five pods? and
0: mm, They said three people would start, didn't they? Did they say that? I, I never heard that I, on the show. I heard... I feel like I I swore I heard that. Well, I'll take your I'll, take your I'll take your
1: listening yeah. over mine. I didn't hear it. So mm. anyway, um, sometimes I tune them out. Michael Cole, of course, notes it is now the biggest elimination chamber match in history. Sure, the biggest ever, yeah. the biggest of all time. Yeah. So no Kurt Angle on this show at all. Mm. He was only represented by a sign in the crowd that read "Kurt Angle looks like a hot dog." Well huh that that's gonna be
0: Mm.
1: anyway charlie speaks with roman he's gonna start the gauntlet tonight she asks are you concerned nope he's not he said it with that amount of emotion what he is concerned about is the elimination chamber because he's never been in one and he lists off all the different names that are in the chamber kind of gauging fan interest Mm -hmm. and then he mentions his WrestleMania 31 match with Brock Lesnar, where he would have beaten him. And then Seth Rollins' music plays, as Cole explains how Rollins was the one that cost him the match at WrestleMania, which wasn't said, but it's a great reason for Roman to be justified in eliminating this guy from the Rumble. When you think about it, True. it's like, yeah, I eliminated you from the Rumble. You ruined my life at <laughs> WrestleMania in the main event. Well, they've made up since then. Well, anyway... Uh, Rollins is now Mr. Monday Night. And boy, did they hit that one hard.
0: Mr. Monday Night. He's the new Mr. Monday Night.
1: I guess so. He had a Monday Night Rollins t-shirt in the style of the old Raw logo. Mm -hmm. uh, Going very hard with this new nickname. Monday Night Rollins. I like it. Sure. No? There were many more things, I think, that were positive for Seth Rollins on this night than his t-shirt or new nickname. So this kicked off the gauntlet. Mm -hmm. And... We started it. I thought the most amusing part of this gauntlet was just going to be Coachman's first analysis. Guys, I've got one word for you momentum. And the winner, I'm not making any of these next words up. This was what we got from Coachman, okay? Because momentum, it's a long word to have to get out every time. He says the winner of this match is going to have the big mo heading into Sunday. (laughs) They're going to have the big mo. I never want to hear the word momentum again. It can only be the big Mo heading into Sunday. The big Mo.
0: Um, I'm like, thinking he listens. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. The big Mo. I like it. It's something they can brand. He's riding into Sunday with the big Mo, yeah. which was not given to Braun at the end of this whole mm, thing. The big Mo.
1: That could be a nickname for him. There was actually a burn-it-down chant from the fans, which either they hate this arena or this Seth Rollins tagline is somehow coming across to at least the Phoenix audience.
0: This was a crowd that really took to Seth Rollins as a big star from the beginning.
1: They chanted, we want Ambrose when Reigns and uh, Rollins had started their match. A long headlock spot by Roman just for you, way. Rollins
0: is... You know what? They were... I thought they were... Listen, these Justi- guys justify. these guys had to pace themselves, yeah, I thought they were very justified with some of these we went
1: through uh Rollins early on is selling his knee. This would not affect his offense throughout these uh these next couple of matches. They bring up Hunter's trachea injury that he suffered in the first elimination chamber match to sell the effects this match can have, so we had uh Mr. Monday night Seth Rollins, who maybe can recapture some of Rob Van Dam's recklessness in that first chamber match and break someone's trachea. He does a frog splash. He does a frog splash. I mean, mm-hmm. he's almost there. There was a buckle bomb to Rollins who so he bounces out of the corner and comes back with a Superman punch. We got a pair of breaks here and finish comes as Reigns is calling for the spear, runs into a kick from Rollins. Reigns sidesteps the stomp and then goes for an O'Connor roll, which is reversed and Rollins gets on top, stacking him and
0: pins Roman Reigns as the fans chant, yes. Roman Reigns yep do you feel like they're being a, lo- a little less uh I guess precious about protecting Roman clearly are
1: yeah I don't think they worry about this guy being we don't have to make him unbeatable going into Wrestlemania I hmm. think they're maybe trying to accomplish a number of I think they're trying to heat up some of the other guys yep. and cast doubt upon Roman Reigns in the chamber on on really, Sunday. you think so I mean that's Cena's storyline um, I think it's more or less that the audience at least is seeing a visual of Roman being beaten, that right. they can at least buy the the chance mm-hmm. of him losing this match. Right. Cool. Uh, or at least that's the attempt, maybe.
0: I thought this was a really good, nearly half-hour-long TV match. Uh, these two have great chemistry together. Rollins felt like a real superstar babyface in this match. Roman played a good dominant heel for, for most of it. And, I mean, this crowd, you know... This crowd, amongst many, uh, just kind of giving the same negative Roman Reigns reaction, and seeing how much like the WWE themselves now are embracing Roman in this heel role for matches like this. Do you think they're still going to tell the story of him chasing for that belt? How are they going to get fans invested in his chase?
1: I don't know how invested people are going to be in the. To me, it's they've had this idea in mind. The Bro- Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania story. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's it's not an, an exact parallel, but it's somewhat like with Okada and Tanahashi, where Okada had won the title several times, but he had never beaten Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. This is a far... This is a very poor man's version of that, I would say. Did people want to see Okada beat Tanahashi? I think so. I think it, it truly signaled, I think, the, the transfer yeah. of... One to the other. I'm trying to think who in, the, wants... in their mind yeah. that's what this is at WrestleMania. The difference is, I don't think this is this legendary feud of Lesnar and Reigns is viewed as such. Mm-hmm. And it's one where it kind of hasn't been Roman chasing this guy through these last couple of years. I mean, they've been off doing their own things. And I think the fact that Roman has won the title numerous times to a WWE viewer, I mean, that's kind of once you've the most important title win is the first one.
0: Is there any chance Roman doesn't win the chamber?
1: There's always a chance. There's always a chance of just on... I mean, when when they've done those Money in the Bank matches, mm-hmm. and then you read um, Kevin X article of how it was the day of, they just, ah, we're going hmm. with this guy. Hmm. I mean, there's that's always now possible. Now, the WrestleMania. Maybe. WrestleMania, they are pretty conservative once they have a plan. So I would say... I would be very, very surprised if there was any change to this direction. Because when they have their WrestleMania plan, they don't tend to deviate even for surprise factors. Mm. John Cena was next. Uh, This after we got the return, unadvertised return of Roman Reigns' smirk. (laughs) I didn't realize it left. Oh, it's been gone for a while. It's been a while since I've seen that smirk. And he did the... I
0: thought he did it at the Rumble.
1: When he tossed Seth out. That was the Seth smirk when he was eliminated. This was the Roman smirk. Gotcha. This was the top smirk. Gotcha. Uh, Just shakes his head, snapped his fingers, and just hit the imaginary fist in the air. You got me. Damn it. You got me, buddy. Cena comes out. We did get a fisting from Roman and Seth Mm -hmm. before John came down. Mm -hmm. And Cena heard the crowd and said, it's a lively bunch. And Rollins jumps him and goes for the cover immediately. We went through a commercial break. Cena still had his t-shirt on.
0: And then he took it off.
1: And the crowd reacted. He as t- this guy gets older, this has got to be a spot in the match. It's oh, like, you'll get a reaction just oh, taking the
0: shirt off. Sa- Do it five minutes in. He's saving this for TV, not, not a commercial. So as he took the shirt off, I don't know if you caught this. Well, obviously, you didn't catch it. But I'll tell you who did catch this shirt, okay? It was not a child. Oh, no. It was not one of his many adoring female fans. The people who fight over this neon green John Cena shirt are two, are like three <laughs> large, grown middle-aged, one of them middle-aged men sitting in the front row, and the one who catches it <laughs> is a dude who is already wearing the exact same shirt. So <laughs> oh, like, so he doesn't catch, so, so so he catches it. Now great, you got two of this shirt. What a dick. <laughs> Congrats buddy. And the guy next to him who didn't catch it just looks so mad. <laughs> this gray-haired dude just like, oh man, these two men just fighting over this neon green Cena shirt. Just Well, at least we know they're fans.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. So, Michael Cole had an unbelievable stretch of facts here. He mentioned how John Cena has called the Elimination Chamber the most unwinnable match in the WWE. He segues from that point Cena made into stating, John has won this match three times. (laughs) Once from the number six position and once from the number one position. (laughs) He started number one and won the most unwinnable match from the most unwinnable position in this match. Jesus. Like pick your talking point and just run down that that street. But Mm -hmm. you can't go both. This was amazing. One followed the other so uh cena tosses him to the floor a bunch of count out teases here um a.a gets blocked rollins hits a ddt for a two count and they're playing up how rollins is exhausted and john can just keep going he's doing the ali shuffle and throwing those awful punches and rollins is just trying to muster any kind of energy so he finally stands up shoves cena Cena's taking mercy on this guy. At one point, as they're going to a break, he starts giving the X sign to the referee. There's some legitimate injury here. Just
0: stop this. It's it's over. Oh, yeah. I wonder what they do now when they actually have an injury.
1: No, now they've got to do uh, maybe a Y. Yeah. Like a
0: YMCA? Exactly. Like a y, yeah. yeah,
1: that's, uh, he's hurt. Yeah. So Rollins, selling the big effects of the leg, goes for a springboard, lands into an STF, both are on the edge of the apron. Rollins is run to the post, and then Cena charges into the steps on the floor, missing Rollins. They again beat the count at nine. Cole had all his stats out here. He was going deep. Phoenix, the home of the second Elimination Chamber match at SummerSlam 2003. Rollins applies a crossface. Cena gets up, hits an AA, but Rollins lands on his feet. Rollins comes back with a frog splash for a near fall. Then we get Cena with the AA. Rollins kicks out. Fans bought that. And then, uh, we fast forward here, and Graves notes how the bad knee is being isolated when Cena applies the STF. He's putting pressure on the knee. I thought the announcers were very good here, trying to sell the knee. Mm -hmm. Rollins then rolls through on a high cross, and the one problem about Rollins selling this damn knee is that so much of his offense is geared around this incredibly athletic stuff, to the point that Michael Cole even had to call it
0: out, like, is all this high risk maneuvers, is it worth it? Yeah, that's usually coach's line. I mean, I, I, can, I, I start to buy it now. Because, like, how often in an MMA fight do you see a guy, you know, getting leg kicked? He's still going to kick. You still have to use your weapons, even if you're hurt, right? As long as you can convey to me that at some p- point, when you're not doing the move, that you are nursing it,
1: I, can I th- buy it. I think there's a fine line between offense that is necessary to
0: win a match and... A superplex into a Falcon Arrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that though. I love that spot in this match because, like, to me, it really like showed Rollins' heart and 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 his guts. By hey, doing Rollins,
1: it. I, I'm I'm nitpicking Rollins, and I yeah. think it's a consistent thing when he's selling the knee. He was phenomenal. I thought his it, selling was great like, too. Like this, man. W- so he did this one where. Cena goes for the high cross, and Rollins rolls through, and he hits the
0: AA to Cena. This near fall was incredible. So, to me, this was one of like the the better instances of somebody stealing somebody else's finisher that I could re- remember in recent memory. Because this was at a time when Rollins had was legitimately in this match for almost up to an hour, and maybe even past an hour by this point. I, I don't I, I don't recall. Did he even? Did he go past an hour? He did. Okay. Like the match started at 8:07 p.m. It legitimately went the time Cole called it. But what I loved about like him doing this AA was that he didn't just do the AA. He did Cena's lift up from the power slam position into the fireman's carry. Yeah, like deadlifted lifted him up, which is a legitimately impressive physical feat for to, for to to carry somebody like Cena's side. And he's doing this like
1: 45 minutes into this. Exactly. And so Like,
0: I, this is one of the great performances
1: a WWE wrestler has had. in A one-night performance. Yes, I agree.
0: Completely. Like, this is unbelievable. So, I mean, I would say, like, you know, throughout this match, certainly the first half of this Cena match was very slow. It was just all Cena. Like, at one some point, just walking around, like, running around the ring. Cena rink. is really rough these days. Well,
1: the point was to, to let Rollins rest. It was, know? but it was, like, even
0: Cena when it's Cena on offense yeah. that's a tough match these days but you know I, to me I, again I could excuse a lot of the slower parts because I thought it made the finish so much better to see Rollins do all these power moves at the end
1: so that's the near fall off the AA Cena then rolls out of a Phoenix splash attempt he hits another AA and then goes to roll through to hit another but Rollins counters and hits
0: a knee he, they call it the revolution knee it's no longer the ripcord? No, it's the revolution, according to Graves. Well, week. he then hits the
1: stomp, and he pins Cena. And this was just an unbelievable
0: performance by mm. Seth Rollins
1: in these two matches.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, again, the first half was, was very slow. But like as a whole entire hour, uh, at some point in this match, like the crowd and everybody watching realized that they were seeing something special here. You know, this wasn't just your typical edition of Raw. This wasn't just a typical gauntlet match. This was a man going out there, performing, doing a Royal Rumble Iron Man spot as a part of Raw. And it became very, very special. And I love the fact that they saved all those power moves at the end because it made every one of those big moves feel that much bigger this far into the match. I was just...
1: And we go into the Elias match now. He had a third match. And what he was doing... 55 minutes in I mean this it was unbelievable uh just unbelievable what this guy was doing um Elias sprints down he's got his ribs taped up and his shoulder as well selling the effects of the the base incident from last week with Braun and he's just going for the pin right away they go to break with Cole announcing that Rollins is still alive we come back and there's a half crab applied by Elias Renee had a Picture in picture interview with John Cena, who puts over Rollins. He cited a mistake he made. Rollins is solely focused on being Mr. Monday night, but he's balancing a lot of things. And he repeats the fact that he needs to win the Elimination Chamber, and he has six days to
0: sort himself out. I fucking loved this picture in picture interview. Like, in, you don't understand. Like, there was, like, this Raw felt so different. Like, it almost felt like, like somebody else was producing it. It felt so different from your other Raw's, because I'm sure an interview like this would have taken place via selfie mode, okay, if this was an- another week. But um, doing this picture-picture uh, interview, not just like a, somebody cutting a promo, but like an interview, getting somebody's immediate reaction following a match... it felt like a legitimate sporting event. It feels like sports. There's a match going on, and you can't cut completely to another camera, so you just close the camera in order to hear from the guy. I thought I thought it was so great, and I thought Cena did a great interview here for for all the talk we we mentioned of how raw has this and this you know
1: not not changing the aesthetics of the show but it's had this this uniform look for the longest time yes this looked like your typical raw but it did not feel like your typical mm-hmm. raw these first two hours yeah. and i i love this difference the last hour though did <laughs> the, the for the last hour we we got back to oh, it was back to kansas so um rollins knee gives out on him so he follows out with a Piscato, and this is where Cole brings up all the offense he is uh, delivering. Elias hits him with a knee to the jaw, the drift away, and he pins Seth Rollins, who worked a match from 8.07 p.m. until 9.12. Nah, crazy.
0: Awesome. And I thought they achieved so much here with Rollins. And Rollins achieved a lot himself, obviously. But you went from Seth Rollins, who was in a feud with Jason Jordan that was really... It was... It wasn't the worst in the world, but it was hardly doing him anything, right? But he comes out of this Raw, like, giving, getting the same value as Finn Balor did uh, when he came out of the Royal Rumble doing that Iron Man spot, as Sasha Banks did coming out of the Royal Rumble. But except you achieve this on Raw, which is, I think, very impressive. So And he got his most over. Like, this, to me,
1: was a resurrection of a Seth Rollins character that had just yeah. very much just become a bit well, part of Raw, I mean... And he did it without promos. He did it without a selfie promo. He did it he through j- wrestling. Like, this whole show, these two hours, it emphasized mm-hmm. a, a strength
0: of this company. Yeah. They've got the best roster they've had in a long, long time. I think, like, while watching this, I thought there was a chance that he was actually going to win it. Like, lasting two hours. That would have been crazy. I think that would have been nearly impossible. I'm, I really think... Uh, I really don't mind Elias beating him here because it gives the heat to heal. And, like, you've achieved what you've achieved with Seth Rollins, you know? Like, he comes out of this beating Cena, beating Reigns. Having him beat the rest would have just kind of... I almost wish this was the match to set up the WrestleMania contender. Well, I'll tell you what. I think the gauntlet match should have determined the last entry. Like, it should have determined the last entry into the the chamber. Uh, But I don't know if they thought about this before. But, you know at the very least i think like if rollins had continued past this you would have really been affecting your credibility here you know imagine like even finn Balor losing to this seth rollins or even a a, a Miz losing to seth rollins who had been there for like an hour in a singles match that would really hurt those guys
1: yeah well seth was the star of this show um mm-hmm. a and career then,
0: highlight performance
1: yeah Absolutely. yeah and i mean this match i think will be very memorable for the circumstances the length i mean this was not you know a match of the year contender mm-hmm. but it was look, so different that
0: look I, what they did with the with the throwaway edition of raw like how many episodes of raw just come and go that we're sitting through waiting to end this achieved uh something that you know typically takes a royal rumble to achieve
1: yeah um, Elias and Finn Balor followed that, and they went pretty long themselves here. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a really long match. Elias. They ro- were
0: determined to fill the two hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, they bad. clearly were. Um, Elias rolled to the floor, vo- avoiding the coup de grace early. They returned from break. This time, Renee interviews Rollins, who notes he did pin two of the best of all time, but it doesn't mean anything if he doesn't win the chamber on Sunday night. And. Just the gravity that this gauntlet match achieved through the Rollins performance and the the first three matches of it. Like, all these guys cutting these serious promos, to me, it lifted the chamber stakes beyond just being this match on Sunday. Mm -hmm. It felt so much more important when you were actually seeing this. And I was of two minds at the beginning that when you could sense how long this was going are you doing too much on this show that it overshadows the show on Sunday? And I came out looking forward to this
0: chamber yeah. match. I don't think that's ever an issue. Unless you're like getting something like a wrong. Are
1: you getting this two hour version of a match you're coming back with on Sunday?
0: But I felt The Chamber's the- different enough though, with the weapons and the cage and everything. Mm-hmm. You know? And I mean, I think the chamber like Anything that gets you more excited for the pay per view, I don't think is a bad thing. Yeah, no, I
1: I think this worked. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of this um, match. Continues here with Elias and Balor. Balor eventually made his comeback, hit the running drop kick on the floor, and then uh, Elias is sent into the barricade. They bring up the injuries again from Strowman last week, and Balor is. Locked in a Fujiwara armbar, goes through the rope, gets pulled into the middle, and then Balor turn, gets up and hits a double foot stomp, running drop kick, coup de gras, and pins Elias. And they went something like
0: 17 minutes. This yeah. was really long for a Elias match. It was long. Elias was Elias, Elias. you know. In um, a real noticeable dip from the crowd for this, Finn, I think, had really big shoes to fill here. with, and, and he's not nearly as over to this crowd as uh, uh, Seth Rollins is. And... Well, I, this was where, if you want to argue
1: the match was too long, it was like, this was the showcase for Seth Rollins. And once he was out of it... People, like, people don't buy Finn Balor winning this gauntlet. I think you know that there's I mean? also a reason we've never seen a match this long on television, too. It's like, there's... The audience does need a break at some point, I feel. And yeah. it was like... We're halfway through when mm-hmm.
0: Seth is out, and I think Seth was, like, the, the star of the match. Definitely. And then once Rollins was gone, I, I mean, yeah, maybe the crowd just needed to, to rest. I also, though, kind of feel like Rollins' introduction into this elimination match, el- el- elimination chamber match, kind of, like, directly overshadows Finn Balor's spot. You know what I mean? Because, like, I think Finn, if Rollins, if Jordan hadn't been injured, Finn would have been the one to win the second chance match Mm -hmm. he would have been the one getting that focus he might have been the one getting that this Iron Man spot tonight but now you have Rollins in here and there's they both kind of play similar roles these like high-flying you know uh baby faces uh and kind of having Rollins take take everything take the spotlight kind of leaves Finn just you know in the background
1: yeah I'm curious how he's handled on Sunday and coming out of it too because there isn't an obvious WrestleMania program for it's him. Miz, yeah. yeah, and that's <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor and the Miz here, maybe not. I mean, um, actually, yeah. Bo and uh, Axel came down to distract, and the Miz attacked Balor from behind, coming out from the crowd. So Miz is in control. Uh, we go to a break, and we had an ad for SmackDown where AJ Styles will speak, would oh, not yeah. promotion in the middle of this match. Oh, we didn't speak last. Tomorrow week? night speaking and a battle of supremacy in the women's six person tag. Mm-hmm. Renee then interviewed Elias and mentions that he will be the last entrant Sunday. And he cites that what he did to Rollins, he's going to do to all of them on Sunday because all of them will be tired when he enters the ring at the what? 20 minute Mark.
0: Um, that, that's what are the intervals?
1: They always five? play around with them. Yeah. Five. Five each. Okay. So anyway, uh, This is when Michael Cole brings up Bruno Sammartino and Waldo Von Erich from August of 1964 going 81 minutes. And this was when there was a curfew at Madison Square Garden, and they went to the curfew. And the legend has been, like, they promoted it as 81 minutes. Those that were there that night cite it being less than that, like 50 to 60, 65 minutes. Still very, very long match by the standard. But, I mean, this match, if you want to look at it, like...
0: Way when are, longer. When are we gonna see the first 24-hour match? DDT will probably. Yeah, some indie show will do it. Yeah. What, didn't like Chris Hero do like a 20 like an all-day thing? He's done. Yeah, multiple hours to raise money for right. ch- charity. As indie. single matches, or were they like build as gauntlet matches? Like, what were what were those?
1: Yeah, I think he just faced opponent after opponent, oh, as okay. I recall. And it was all Chris Hero. I think so. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I didn't go to the show, but. Right um uh, dallas yanks on the bad arm of balor which miz has been working off of balor then uh, ru- hits a running drop kick to miz in the ring nails Axel off the apron climbs to the top knocks down dallas but then miz crotches balor skull crushing finale and pins balor and miz eliminates him then they had this long pause for everyone to realize who the seventh entrant was and then bronze music plays and miz is frightened stroman chases him through the crowd to the announcers area and then drags him back throwing him over the barricade and roaring to send us to commercial and then he continued his attack with this big beal which got its own replay renee interviewed balor and renee reminds balor uh that he was eliminated and balor says the mistrage will be locked out on sunday and Miz will be locked in with five other guys Actually sex. six, yeah. so it's even worse for Finn. I, <laughs> Renee didn't want to correct him. Braun hit a seated drop kick here. Then he chases the Miz on the floor. He gets hit with a skull crushing finale. Braun kicks out of that and sends Miz to the floor. Clotheslines Miz, running power slam. And Braun wins this match. One hour and forty-seven minutes.
0: This match went. Did you have your timer on?
1: No, timer, I did timer. not have my timer on for this. <laughs> you I, just uh,
0: Yeah, you. I guess just looking at your clock, you would have been that able was, to tell. That was it. Yes. Yeah. I love this, man. I, it was different. I liked yeah. it. You couldn't do this. You could probably
1: only do this once every few years. Um, and I don't. I wouldn't even argue that it should be this long. If you ever try something like this Maybe. again, but Part- doing an hour once every
0: three years out of nowhere just to change the the normal viewing pattern part of the fun was certainly the surprise and you know seeing somebody like a seth rollins go 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 out there for an hour which again is a legitimately impressive physical feat like we're not even just talking about like the rumble where you can hide in the corner or hide on the floor for like you know 15 minutes at a time
1: like as a, yeah. as a as a physical endeavor i mean this this blows away the the rick flair oh royal God. rumble performance even,
0: like, yes they were like yes portions of the match were slow but even selling takes takes a lot of effort and yeah it was really cool i i feel like this could be an annual thing you know on the go home show after the chamber for the right to enter last you know i i i would like to see it because i thought this was very valuable it it drives a lot of attention to the to the chamber, and you had the ability to make a guy like a Seth Rollins coming out of something like this, you know?
1: Yeah, if you have the right guys, I think what they did with this show was establish the Gauntlet match as this big, important match that should, TV. that should that yeah. should be saved for important television.
0: I wouldn't want yeah. this on pay per view. I don't think. Yeah, um, this could be its own pay per view. No, don't beat don't beat it up like that. And also, it wouldn't work for a pay per view because you wouldn't have enough time for other people to enter, like or to have matches. I mean,
1: no, I think that this was certainly um, something that I, I'd be very curious as well how right. how the ratings are for this, yeah, like yeah. how much people stuck with this, how mm-hmm. the first two hours perform because mm-hmm. you were starting off. I mean, your first hour is typically your biggest hour. Reigns and Cena though, like, and that's what you started off with. Mm-hmm. So, be very curious to see. And if they see some crazy pattern as a result of this, mm. um, because they would get the breakdowns. Only gauntlet matches. No, I'm just saying, all. like more like clearly, we had no talking for two hours. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no, you can't do a two hour match every week, but it is a message from your audience that they do want wrestling. Yeah. Um, and they mm-hmm. do want I think less of what the like think of how much work went into these two hours on the creative team. Less is more. Less was a lot more. This was very effective on this show. So the come down after that, Charlie uh, comes in and asks Braun if it changes his mindset going into this match on Sunday that he's never been in. And Braun says, I don't fear the unknown. The unknown fears me. And he says the result will be the same on Sunday. He's then coming for Brock Lesnar. You hear me? beastie boy oh my god first this was awesome yeah yes i was waiting for sabotage to play yeah and he says that at wrestlemania you're going to get these hands but right now he has some unfinished business to tend to as he returns to the ring to murder curtis axel and bo dallas Braun then chases after the miz Runs to the back. The fans think the segment's over. Miz gets thrown back out like he's been sent out of a garbage compactor. And Braun brings him to the ring, hits a power slam. Graves gets in the great line. No sleep till New Orleans for Braun. Nice. And then Strowman gives another power slam to the Miz. Um, So a good... Seth was the star. I think Strowman had a great ending to this. Yeah. Some... Some down stuff in the middle, um, but overall, I
0: I thought this was a big. I I enjoyed these two hours. Like if, we're, if I'm this, if I'm sounding this excited about any single two hours of a RAW, I think that's a real accomplishment.
1: I can't. I don't think in the three hour era, two hours has flown by as quickly as this one did for me. Mm-hmm. Like it just s- flew by these two hours, and all of a sudden it's ten o'clock. Then we got. The video package for the newest member of the WWE Hall of Fame. We didn't even talk about this yet. Jeff Jarrett. The man that, truly a cat, that you can throw from any distance. The man will land on his feet. <laughs> and he is back. Right. He is back okay. for the
0: Hall of Fame. If you had to give me, a, like, if, if, if I had to make you a list of all the people that I thought for sure were never going to get into the WWE Hall of Fame. I feel like Jeff Jarrett would have been... No, I, I wouldn't put him at that level. What? Okay, what In- indications is was there at all that he had any type of, you know, relationship with the WWE, especially right now, not that far removed from being a part of TNA and Anthem? And... Well, he just did their rehab. Like,
1: they did sponsor his rehab. Hmm. And I guess he did really well. Well, it's... Listen, I think a big thing now for the Hall of Fame, we talk about they always want to have your main eventer, you want to have a female presence. I think they also want to have the surprise person just for the Vince McMahon hug that they'll show on a 24. There was Ultimate Warrior. There was Medusa. Um, Last year, trying to think off the top of my head, um, even Goldberg, like Goldberg coming back. I think they want to have... Some of, and they're running the shock value inductee. Yes, they do. Hmm. The, the, this guy will never get in. I mean, when you look at the people that Vince has brought back, the guy who held him up for money to work a pay-per-view match. I don't know how high that one really ranks, but
0: yeah, I suppose so. But he also did say that double J, double F, double, sorry, double J, whatever. Double J was double G, double O, double N, double E. God. (laughs) Goonie, <laughs> at one time. Okay, whatever, fine. But I, I, I suppose. Okay, given the rehab, that didn't feel like it was that long ago. Okay, and also, um, yeah. Like, is that, is that, I guess, to be expected? You know, that a man, relatively fresh out of rehab, we'll, we're gonna give him this big spotlight right now. I'm, I'm surprised that they put him in this year. Um, he's
1: not the person that. It's not like this guy is attached to a big tape library that can do a big comeback that I think would have any interest in it. Like to me, it's, I, I think another thing as well of all this, like it always used to be this major separation that TNA did not exist in this world. And it still doesn't. It doesn't on the main roster. I think Paul Levesque, though has very much embraced those that have come from TNA yeah. and has seen the performers that have come in that are TV ready. Yeah. And I think is like, look at look at the fact of when, you know, you have your Bobby Roode's and your Drew McIntyre's and yeah. Ethan Carter's. When yeah. this guy got 205 Live, what was his first movie? He put Rockstar Spud in the main position. I think he's looked at
0: these guys have all worked on live television in television settings and talent is talent. The idea that somebody somebody's uh, value has been diminished by appearing as a part of TNA is no longer there.
1: Clearly. No, and, and Hunter's
0: operating but, a promotion based out of Florida but, where... But this is different. This was the guy who created TNA. And he's not coming into your Hall of Fame because he was any type of excellent performer in TNA. He's coming into the Hall of Fame for... I don't know. It certainly wasn't because of his accomplishments as part of the WWE. His WWE career... It was not a Hall of Fame-worthy well, career. Watching this video package here, it was...
1: To me, it's just... It's so separate. Like, when I think of yeah. Jeff Jarrett, I don't think of the... Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, there was the wrestling career. There was a lot of it, too. It, but what he's but to, known for is for creating legitimate competition against yeah. the WWE. Absolutely. He's not so, just a TN, Like, he is the TNA guy. Yeah. Like, so he I, is emblematic of that company. If you're t- telling me, is Jeff Jarrett worthy of being in a wrestling Hall of Fame? I would say yes. Absolutely. But, like, to, to induct double j from 1996 wwe f you know into the hall of fame that's but i mean that bar has been set so low i agree he's well above an ivory but what i mean is like in his induction speech okay how much will he talk about his his post wwe career well that's where
1: i go to the the whole factor of you want to have that guy who you know who last year was was jim Cornette being brought in to Mm. induct the rock and roll express The what is this guy going to say factor yeah um well and not J- say anything oh, shocking. well jarrett's gonna be as political as possible i mean that's yeah. jeff jarrett um no it's it's interesting i don't do you see any kind of opening for a jeff jarrett role beyond this hall of fame that
0: kurt Angle feud could
1: kurt re- could re- induct re- him rekindle that kurt could induct him are they like on really good terms those two like most people think there's be- like they are completely civil with one another, okay? Like, they are there are no issues between. So, who those do you two. think will induct Jeff Jarrett? Um, there's a number of options you could do. You could have a Lawler, you could have Kurt, you Ro- could have Dog. Road Dog. Um, there's no
0: shortage of options. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> is there a role for Jeff Jarrett on WWE TV? I don't know if he should be on the road.
1: Listen, really he's don't.
0: fresh out of rehab. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be responsible. I think and those gives, are some pretty I, like that, that. Those are some scary stories going on with him last he, summer he, when he, you saw him. I think the responsible thing is to give the guy at least like a year, you know, like just to kind of relax. Um, oh, and I'm definitely not saying a wrestling role either. Yeah, no,
1: no. Um, although he is wrestling, so. he is wrestling. Yeah. I don't see WWE having interest
0: in but that. Does that mean that there's a role for Karen Jarrett? Not too far behind. Oh God! Well, power. Karen story. versus Stephanie. Oh my God! <laughs> For the battle over the, the uh, matriarch of the women's revolution.
1: This is the most. This oh, is the yeah. strangest
0: industry. Um, no, but I think it's. Um, Do you think they'll play with that on TV? The Kurt Angle, uh, Jeff Jarrett interaction. You know what? Is I, that even knowledgeable to a WWF? No, band? it's not, and.
1: Like, I could very much see this just being a Hall of Fame induction, mm. and I don't know how much more beyond this is. Maybe they'd look at him as being someone that they could use for a network special, someone that, hey, there's, here's, here's a character from the Monday Night Wars that we
0: have not exhausted, right. that we can incorporate, that we can utilize. But to me, like, again, there's nothing that interesting about Jeff Jarrett beyond him leaving the WWF. If you aren't going to show me any of his TNA stuff, to me, that's, that's his story. It's funny, like, they don't have
1: the footage, but they have mm. all the characters now of, of TNA. Yeah. Like, I mean, Dixie is showing up on the
0: network. That invasion's coming. <laughs> the TNA invasion. All
1: right. Uh, I loved at the end of this that instead of, like, one of his theme songs, they played With My Baby Tonight for the live crowd as well. So... Yeah. Maybe he's going to come out in that outfit at the
0: Hall of Fame. Uh, maybe. I think they should do a live edition of it. Like, with him lip syncing and, like, road dog... Singing it in the back Someone joked that maybe Or Bruce Pritchard <laughs> Maybe he can deliver the speech And uh,
1: he's he's uh, miming the words And Road Dogs actually doing the speech backstage <laughs> for him Anyway Maybe they'll do a documentary on Jeff Jarrett Somebody, sh- somebody should They could They've got the ending now uh, Asuka comes out for an interview with Renee And Renee asks her about the match becoming a triple threat If she loses to Naya Asuka says, my destiny is to win the championship at WrestleMania and says that Nia didn't look too strong in their last match when she left limping. Now, forget the fact that there is an accent barrier that she's trying to overcome with the language. Um, This was an awful position to put Asuka in. This was everything that I don't want to see Asuka having to do. They have been very effective with her using videos, keeping her her talking to quick sound bites yeah. this to me was just a spotlight on weaknesses and this really brought me down after the last two hours where i was just like wow it's they, like they got all they're getting all this stuff right and then i saw see this and i i didn't know why this was on my television yeah
0: they gave her too many lines way oh. too much to remember and like even, she got lost midway through you can tell even if she can remember these lines when they come out, they are practiced so often that they sound regurgitated anyway. They are, they they they're trying like they're trying to convey that oh this is off the top of her head. Asuka is answering these questions, and at no point do you get that impression. You got to give Asuka credit though. Like of all the. The, I guess, the non-native non English speakers. I think her, I would say Tozawa as well. But, like, Tazawa is, like, pretty fluent, man. But, like, Asuka, at least more so than Nakamura, is able to show a lot more personality when even when she is, uh, you know, regurgitating these English lines. But I completely agreed this is not the way to push her. Um, like, let them convey their personality through their language and give me what's the harm in, in giving me some subtitles are you trying to hide the fact that this person knows how to speak japanese subtitles are totally fine once in a while that or or um or a mouthpiece although i don't know if she she needs a manager but she needs to find her kenny omega do a sit-down yeah, interview sure. together yes that's right but uh who
1: else is lonely out there mm, i don't know Naya tries to sneak up on Asuka And Asuka catches her And then starts blasting her with kicks But Naya gets the last laugh with a Samoan drop And lays her out with leg drops I really think that this should be an Asuka
0: Clean submission win on Sunday Yeah, I do think it should be a win But it leaves kind of Naya In, a, in an interesting role What do you see for her at Mania if, if it is going to be a championship match Do you see a championship match?
1: Um, I really just don't like the idea of Nia, Alexa, and Asuka as your three-way at WrestleMania.
0: I wouldn't think that. I would think Asuka versus Charlotte. And then
1: Haven't Naya. they kind of made this, though, pretty... They no, said it's she... a three-way, then, with Nia. No, if Nia wins. It's a three-way. Yeah, She's only if Naya in wins. Asuka's match. Yeah, only if Nia wins.
0: I'm saying if Asuka wins. Oh, if Asuka wins, she... Well, if... What do you do with Naya, you know, having just lost this match right before Mania? Like, I just feel
1: you could do Alexa and Nia together. I mean, that's kind of the match they've been teasing. Yes, I know. It's not a big match, but it's a match. She... Yeah, yeah I guess you could protect Naya some way. Like, when you oh, look at know. all the... Like, Ronda Rousey, yeah. Asuka, Charlotte, even Sasha and Bayley. It's like, Naya is, to me... Yeah, she's in that mix, but she's not the top priority at WrestleMania this year. I think having just a match, whether and it's for Alexa, that's that's fine. That could be a spot for maybe a four-way. Yeah, it could be yeah. to get other women in the mm-hmm. show, and maybe maybe Sasha and Bailey don't get their singles match at WrestleMania, and then that is your four-way mm-hmm. title match. Um, then we had a video feature to promote Ronda Rousey's contract signing, which is the real main event on Sunday. Yes. Um, they had uh, comments from v- the various women, Charlotte calling her an attraction and a star. They showed different highlights of her on late night shows. Naomi called her the baddest woman on the planet. And then you had Natalia and Stephanie also speaking with Stephanie saying, I'm excited to see what she'll do. And we got some training footage with Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Some of the first we've seen of her uh, wrestle. Oh, and I mean, if this audience truly turns on Rhonda. Mm mm-hmm. I mean, there is only one person that should be managing her, and it's not Paul Heyman. It's the man who made his raw debut in this video package, and that is Edmund Tarverdian. <laughs> that guy, as yeah. her manager, oh my God. will be the best heel in all of wrestling. Uh,
0: I I can, oh never, I can
1: definitely see it. When I saw him in this video package, I was like, this is the answer to all the questions. Yeah. If she needs to be a heel, yeah. it should not be Heyman. Yeah. It should be Edmund, yeah. who I don't have any doubt would be able to pull it off.
0: Yeah, I mean it's so different. He's not gonna be Dan Lambert. It'll he'll he just needs to be himself. Edmund oh. just needs to be <laughs> Like seriously, the best managers in the industry
1: are MMA managers. Like wow. the ones that can cut pro they can all cut promos, dude. I like, don't know if
0: Edmund when he talks he's he's not thinking of it as cutting a promo. When Dan Lambert does it, he is cutting a pro wrestling promo. Well
1: that's promo. the best promos, the ones that aren't consciously trying yeah. to cut a promo. Well, I'm saying Dan
0: Lambert is cutting a wrestling promo, though. Yeah. Consciously. Wow. Well. Faraz would be the best babyface manager. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, just you don't doing think so? Uh, dude, I think he'd Faraz be. Faraz is the man.
1: Oh, doing a, like a breakdown of why someone is going to lose a match. Yeah. I think he'd be a great heel. He, Faraz? Yeah. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah. John Danaher.
1: <sighs> man. Damn. Oh, yeah. When you have like Malki Kawa, and <laughs> I mean, there's Ali Abdelaziz who just did like a 45 minute monologue on the MMA Hour a few weeks ago. Just. Like, seriously, if you hear this interview on the MMA Hour, it is like, he just goes one by one of all his guys. And this is like the Heenan family. And he just goes through and he cuts all the promos on behalf of his fighters about the guys they're feuding with. He goes through Frankie. He goes through Marlon Marais. He goes through all of his guys. Mm-hmm. And it was just unbelievable to hear this thing. And Ariel's just like sitting back is this guy... There's, he's cutting one promo on Jimmy Rivera and Ali Abdelaziz used to be involved with World Series of Fighting. And you can hear him cutting this promo and you can see, hear the wheels turning where he realizes, he's like, I gave Jimmy Rivera his first his first opportunity. I booked him for a fight. God, ungrateful motherfucker. Like he's just, he's he's thinking about new ideas as he's in mid promo. It's mm-hmm. just something else to hear. But anyway, Edmund as... Heel Ronda's manager cannot fail, no. is what I'm predicting. Yes. Then we had Seamus and Cesaro against Apollo and Titus O'Neil. He is no longer Apollo Crews. He is just Apollo. Oh. He Why? Is... Nickna- the last name is gone. Okay. I don't know what the reason is. Hmm. They mentioned here that Titus hosted over 2,000 underprivileged kids for
0: a screening of Black Panther Wow, that's amazing! What a cool guy! Yeah, really. Like this, this is—he is a great man. From all, uh, from from what what it sounds like, doesn't mean I want to see him wrestle though. <laughs> yeah, this was a. Uh...
1: Well, we have a card to fill on Sunday, and they've the bar had already gotten their win back on these guys, so now we had to go back and go in reverse. Apollo sent Sheamus to the floor. Cesaro came from behind, sent him to the floor. I could go on and on. There was a lot of double teaming of Apollo. It ended when Sheamus was sent over the top and then Cesaro was caught with a roll-up for the fluke win and Apollo and Titus won again, presumably setting up a title match for Sunday, probably on the kickoff.
0: Yeah. Probably. That was it. Yeah, I really thought nothing of the match. I I, I mean, um, both teams haven't really been given a ton of storyline. They've just... Ex- uh, what is it? Apollo Titus Worldwide has won twice now? Yeah, it didn't... Okay. Th-
1: did the bar it. not get their win back over them? I don't want to commit myself. I don't think so. Because no. they had
0: just won the titles the week prior.
1: I thought they got their opportunity somehow on TV. I could be completely I don't fabricating this in my mind. Uh, Regardless, uh, they didn't announce this for Sunday, but I would expect this for Sunday. They do go over the Elimination Chamber card, and we do have an additional match. It will be Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. Oh, God. Just
0: a match. Well... Just a match? Are you sure this won't end the feud?
1: I'm just saying there's no stipulation attached. It's just right. the two having I, I'm really a match.
0: Like, this was the same. We got the same exchange of promos that we've been getting for weeks now. Um, I'm just kind of bored with both of these two. Jeff Hardy could be returning soon. Maybe he's going to get involved. Will that help this? Mm, like I don't know. That's hardly what this feud needs. These two, I think, could could be great on their own. Uh, I don't know. Why bring Jeff Hardy in right now
1: if you're not doing any of that extra stuff? If Jeff Hardy was healthy enough to return for WrestleMania,
0: where does he fit in? I don't think he does. I don't think there's... I mean, unless you do like a ladder match or something like that. He could be another guy that you save for night after Mania kind of thing. Or like, I mean, if they do an IC title yeah six man
1: before action. before the end of the show we'll also talk about the uh the pay-per-view changes uh, that they're sure. making um bray wyatt then cut a promo some say the end is near i can only hope he says personally i hope you're right not just for all of you but for matt hardy his end will be at elimination chamber and then we cut back and forth between the two cutting promos on one another it ended with bray saying that matt will burn at elimination chamber and Matt says that Bray will be deleted. And then Bray laughs before giving the stare of death at the camera. Six days till this big showdown. Absolution had a promo from earlier, and Mandy and Sonia say that friendships will be ruined in this chamber match on Sunday, and it makes it easier for one of them to become the Raw Women's Champion. And that set up our final match of the night Alexa Bliss, Sonia Deville, and Mandy Rose against Sasha, Bailey, and Mickey James alexa would not start the match because she was not going to take on her new friend mickey james mandy hair whips bailey bailey then attacks her with stomps they go through the commercial bailey tries to leap out of the corner and i don't know if bailey didn't get high enough or rose just didn't wasn't in position to get her but this was very ugly the
0: head scissors yeah uh there were a lot of moments like there were a lot match
1: specifically to mandy i felt in this match Alexa did tag herself in, attacking Bailey, slapped her. The ref then misses the hot tag to Sasha. Then Mickey is later tagged in, hits a Thez press off the top to Rose, and then delivers a drop kick that misses Sonia by a wide margin on the floor. Mandy hits this insane looking inverted gut wrench suplex to Mickey. Mickey did not look all too happy taking this, and Michael Cole tried to cover, saying, Mickey is talking to herself. She was not talking to herself. She was talking to Mandy Rose, who nearly killed her.
0: Uh-huh. I expect much of this match to make it to the next Botchamania. This was not
1: good. Yeah. Sasha's finally tagged in, takes out Deville on the floor, double knees to Bliss for a two count. Bliss then nails Sasha into the second turnbuckle. Yeah. This was the latest example where I thought Sasha destroyed her face. I don't know how this woman is still in one piece after some of her matches. Look, I don't know either, man. Holy Christ. Ah, I worry. DDT gets countered into a bank statement. That was a nice transition, and Bliss tapped out.
0: Oh, This was a... Uh, yeah. I mean, for... <laughs> we, I loved... Uh, if Seth Rollins had a great performance, this was the opposite of that. I thought this bench was awful, man. Like, and I think most... I, of, I thought this third hour was pretty awful. There's some good video packages. The Ronda stuff was good. The you know, Jared announcement, yes. But this, the main event... I mean, most of the blame I I would place on some of the newcomers, um, but I can't say anybody was all that impressive here. Mm, and a lot of them were off here. Like, if there was a report after this match that, that told me that Rand- Mandy Rose suffered a concussion two minutes into the match, and thus this, I could, I, su- I suppose, excuse it. But if she was healthy, I don't think there's any excuse to have a match like this in the main event of an edition of raw. And like look what they're doing on Sunday. Like that is going to take a lot of there's no way preparation. There's No way that'll be the main event, first of all. And and, and like Yeah, that one will be heavily laid out. Yeah. I like at a time when I think the, the microscope is is on the women's division like this to you know, quote unquote, lead of revolution, you can't afford shitty performances like this. You know, everybody has to be good. Everybody has to impress every single week. And this match was just embarrassing. Well, and you're
1: on show with a seth rollins Mm -hmm. and that's a comparison point yeah you're not deciphering based on gender it's like these women had to follow um pretty incredible performance on this show and this was a pretty poor match absolution attacks the baby faces after the match and then alexa is standing in the ring they corner her mickey returns to come to alexa's aid as they fight off deville and rose and hit a double team ddt they leave And what I thought was so weird was that Paige has to stand and watch her teammates beaten down, and then they put a spotlight on her by having her in the ring Hmm. staring down Alexa and Mickey. Right. And it was just this big disconnect that here we know Paige can't get involved, mm-hmm. but she's there. But,
0: but in character, we don't know that. They've never explained that. Well, or they've explained that she's been injured, but not. we don't know. I but think then that. that opens the question, well, why wouldn't she help her team? Yeah. Why she dressed to
1: wrestle? Yeah. It's It's kind of weird. Like, you almost want them to address it, but they yeah. can't. And it's... Yeah, anyway, it's, it I just cool. thought it was pretty glaring, this particular right. show ending. And that was Raw.
0: Yeah. Really fun two hours, and then the third happened. Yeah, the third hour definitely felt like your typical Raw. Uh, but, you know, beyond that...
1: I still I, I'm think, not to be negative was, on this Raw. This is
0: still a, definitely a thumbs-up show. And I give them all the
1: credit for going... Just giving us something different. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying you could do this every week, but I no. give them credit for going out of a typical comfort zone. And...
0: Just going radically different. Yeah, this was very... It was a daring experiment. It really could have, like, completely failed. If if Rollins and Cena had a really shitty match, I think we'd all be shitting on this show.
1: Which, as well, it would be very interesting to know what the dynamic was like amongst the writing staff Mm -hmm. that we want to do a show that requires very little of you.
0: Yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious to know how much was involved in the the decision Mm -hmm. of, of doing this. Was it Vince McMahon... You know, who just one one day decided, hey, let's try this out. Or was there somebody else in charge? Well,
1: regardless of whose idea it was, it was Vince's green light. Yes. So for all people's criticism yep. of what happens on a main roster move, yep. this was a Vince call that I thought was effective, mm-hmm. that built the match, that has significantly upped Seth Rollins'
0: stock, in my opinion. Yeah. And this was an experiment that worked. Definitely. On the other hand, the women's el- elimination chamber, I am far less interested in because i don't expect yeah, they, they i just i hope that they're they have you know some something good planned cuz after after this main event um there's no way they can yeah. follow the men's match cuz that men's match is going to be we don't know but this i i'm just saying this was oh i know this main
1: event was shit i i'm very confident that the men's match should be going on uh last on the show mm. i think that should be last I think um so too. And unless you want to go off with a massive angle with Ronda, because that really is the main event. Mm. Um, I don't know how people will take to that so late in the show. Um, you may also want to do that earlier because you want the media to be jumping on that story mm-hmm. of whatever the angle is. You because put that
0: in the middle of the show. It's hardly a That's sopranos, probably
1: right? what they'll do. I'm yeah. just saying, unless you want to go off with something. If they have something really, really big. So of I, I suppose we'll find out her match
0: tomorrow or at the chamber right? i would
1: think monday at the latest you'll know and next week is when i think everything will start to really take Mm. shape for wrestlemania so uh that's coming up on sunday Uh, way and i will have a post show up at postwrestling.com uh but let's chat about the pay-per-view changes first of all uh they made the announcement this was uh rumored um after the announcement that backlash was going to feature both brands uh coming up in may and in fact they are uh they're cutting down their pay-per-views. They will have 12 in total for 2018, and they're all going to be dual-brand events. Uh, do you like this idea? We also don't know... Do I like this idea? Are you kidding me? Well, I love we, this idea. we don't know what the length of these shows oh, is going to be okay, as well, okay. because now you have two rosters to get on every show, and the typical dual-brand show is a five-and-a-half to six-hour show.
0: <laughs> I guess I'll find out if I like this idea or not. But, but um... If they're keeping these to be your standard three-hour-length shows, I I I think it's great. I don't think it'll make a, a dent in, in difference in uh, your network subscription numbers. No, you know I think people, re- you know, if they if they think they're getting that value once a month, once a month is I think more than enough for what most people crave for something like this. You give you give me like instead of like giving me more uh, single branded pay-per-views, give me more takeovers. I'll be happy with that. Um, But, yeah, I think it's a good move. I think it makes all the shows a bit more special.
1: I actually think it would be a positive for them to keep the show... Well, breaking news here. I think it would be a positive if they kept the shows to three hours Mm -hmm. and you still have your kickoff. So, really, we're talking about four hours. Yeah. And is everyone on each roster going to have a spot on the pay-per-view? No, because your pay-per-view is supposed to be special. Yeah. And that means... You legitimately have a competition amongst your locker room to get those big spots. And you are seeing the best programs get those spots at the Mm pay-per-view. And it inherently makes the show feel more important. Because I'm not going to see Zack Ryder and Mojo Mm Rawley get a pay-per-view spot. And instead of just filling spots, you're getting the premium content from Raw and SmackDown once a month. And I think that's very digestible and then you can go mental for your big four shows which they're not going to reverse that length but i would really hope that for the other shows they keep it to four hours which you get is fine and the key
0: programs will have pay-per-view spots do you think it hurts the um i guess the the idea of the brand split no because we're not getting
1: the abundance of like the first brand split where everyone was on each other's show all the time mm-hmm. um i'm kind of surprised they're doing this now because they don't have their television deal locked up so they may for all intents and purposes feel we're going to renew with nbc it's going to be the same setup now but do you want to restrict yourself to having let's say fox really wants raw they want to put it on big fox But they don't want SmackDown. They don't want our secondary programming that we could make on another network, that SmackDown could stay on USA and Raw goes to Fox. The brand split is very beneficial for these television rights fees where you don't have talent that is appearing on both shows, that you can have separate rosters, and then they meet at the pay-per-views. So I think it's very important that they keep the rosters separate. Until these TV negotiations are up, and you know that Raw and SmackDown,
0: where they're going to be, I would say even after that, you should still do your best to keep them separate, to keep them fresh. I think it's I think it's a positive. You mm-hmm. have two house show comp uh, house show tours, yeah. and then like I think they're so you know so often I feel like guys on SmackDown, for instance, are de- are in desperate need of a refresh, and a simple move to Raw often accomplish, accomplishes that for a lot of people.
1: Yes. So um, the pay-per-views that are they have axed from the schedule are great balls of fire great balls of fire is gone no mercy is gone battleground is gone and payback
0: is gone so the worst performing ones are the ones without any special uh, no gimmicks gimmicks attached to them
1: really the only pay-per-view now that is non-gimmick would be backlash which kind of has a wrestlemania leftovers feel to it and i guess (laughs) the leftovers that's that's kind of what that pay-per-view is (laughs) yeah and Clash of Champions, which is... That's got a gimmick. I guess so. I mean, every show is going to be Clash of What's Champions. The Dece- that's the December one. Do you feel... Now, going against my own point here about the d- distinct rosters, do you, do you look at consolidating any of the titles, or do you think that in order to oh, keep this question. brand split, yeah. should you have... Because that's a lot of titles.
0: I personally don't feel that you should have every title defended at every show. I think that's too I much. I agree. I think you alternate. You know? I think you do what New Japan does, and... If you make these titles feel special enough, maybe one month you can even have a tag team title defense main event a show so that you can save your world title defenses for another month. I I, I don't think every show needs to have a world title defended.
1: Yeah, it's just so unlike them to not have... Like I, th- I think you're going to have both WWE... I don't think so though.
0: Like universal I mean, title. On... Like if if well, you're not gonna as long as Brock's has which exactly could be different after WrestleMania. But, but... If, if this episode of Raw is any indication, they are open to do, trying new ideas, and maybe one of those ideas is to only concentrate on your headlining bouts and try try to use those as you know your drawing your big major draw for for that show, so that you can have multiple big draws throughout the months rather than just you know repeating the same type of show every single month. Yeah. So,
1: I, I'm kind of interested in what they do with the titles because mm-hmm. on a dual brand show, like that's way
0: too many titles. But, to have. like, again, on the house show circuit, those multi, two versions of, of having all of all those titles are, are still very valuable.
1: Yeah, for the house shows, um, you
0: probably want to have a title match mm-hmm. on top. If anything, I, I can see them making more titles, mm. you know, making uh, more uh, women's tag team titles, for instance. I think.
1: The days of the cruiserweight title on a pay-per-view is probably no done no cruiserweights
0: on this edition of raw nope yeah
1: no nope. I don't think that's uh... I, I think you're well, gonna I'm, see that. They, are ju- that they are gonna live on their own show and I'm that's happy. probably for the best I'm happy with that like yeah. for those guys it's except on mania though it's it's probably a bit of a hit on what you're making mm-hmm. but for the long term of the health of that show and having a division that employs you mm-hmm. I think this is the better route to go now at yeah. least there's a direction for this show mm-hmm. So there you go. That was uh, that was the show, and let's go to feedback now. Do you want to start things off?
0: Yeah, we have a rating for this edition of Raw. Oh, I'm curious. This crowd, on Post Wrestling or sorry, Forum.postwrestling.com, our audience thought this edition of Raw earned six point five six.
1: Six point five six. Wow. I wonder what the first two hours generated from people. I'm genuinely... I, like, I didn't go on Twitter at all tonight, so I don't even know what people's reaction to the gauntlet match was. Maybe. I think it was
0: mixed. Yeah. Um, and I think... I can see people thinking it was way too long. I think at the end of it, uh, it was overwhelmingly positive, but I think during the match, um, it did definitely get boring. Oh, the by the time Elias got in, yeah. like, it was so taxing. It, it was trying, but I, I feel like most of the reaction afterwards was positive. So we go to MJ, who says, Whoever came up with the idea to just run a gauntlet match for nearly two hours deserves a raise. This was honestly more enjoyable to watch than half the filler they toss in week to week. The roster is loaded with in-ring talent. Let them work. By the way, I forgot this line. At the end of the gauntlet match, Coach says,
1: This is one of the best matches I've ever seen, certainly on Monday Night Raw. Look at Coach with his own little qualifier in there. I mean, like, yeah, this wasn't Wrestle Kingdom or anything, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm no,
0: let's not. Let's not. I just love that it was crazy. Coachman. He like he even yeah. backtracked on calling this. I a have great some match. credibility to maintain. What do you think of Coach four weeks in?
1: Um, I don't have a strong feeling, positive or negative, about the guy. I can't say that he's adds a whole lot, but he's certainly not detracting from the broadcast. He- I think
0: he's an improvement from Booker T in that he's he is. again not as distracting, yes. and certainly doesn't seem to trigger Corey as much. I'll say this: I thought
1: this was his best week of the
0: whatever it's been three. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, still kind of yet to convince me that there's a need for that third third role. Um, and- I, I think the show would be seamless with just Cole and
1: Graves. Um, or- but he was. You're right. He's not taking away as Booker would. I mean. I got an enjoyment out of it, but it was to the detriment of the broadcast that you would go off onto these tangents and the announcers took away from the matches. Next up is Sean from Manchester, England. The gauntlet match was great, apart from Elias being in there too long. In particular, Seth was fantastic. People will complain about it, but two hours of wrestling is a much better way to start off the show than a 25-minute authority promo. Good
0: wrestling, though. Yeah, and hey, for... The invo- like if, if it was two hours of Elias and the Miz, I don't think we'd we'd be uh, praising this show. No, Which and we work? got we got more than enough Elias in this match. Vish from Victoria, first great roundtable with Damian, deep in Iran. It's sad that WWE still has to romanticize the Attitude Era. In my opinion, that era was only popular to the masses because the Zufa-based UFC was just finding its licensing, and it was the only period of time WWE was forced to market to non-children. Soon after they purchased their competition and went public, they abandoned that audience and didn't look back. I also agree it's become a nerd culture used to spending disposable income on the product. WWE better hope those nerds get their kids to watch the product." Uh, okay, This is a really long one. Yeah, (laughs) sorry, let me just... Let's go to his, um... Does he have a question at the end? Yeah, he's got some questions. How much longer do you think WWE will be able to justify marketing this product to kids in today's social culture? Do you think that WWE cares if the work looks realistic? I don't, and to the contrary, I think they encourage the video game, uh, multiple... Video game booking or, or style of wrestling. Multiple finished attempts, lucha style acrobatics as a mechanism to sell the product as more cert de Soleil than a product like we grew up with that would make a kid believe someone was going to the hospital with a crushed throat. Okay, so he's asking if uh, wrestling needs... If the WWE cares that wrestling sometimes is now is less realistic than let's say, you know... Um, I don't know, maybe the Attitude Era, which I didn't think was that realistic. But I I assume he's talking about guys like Braun flipping over cars and, you know, uh, people doing giant dives as opposed to having, I guess, MMA-like styles of matches. I don't think that's a concern at all. I think wrestling, as long as it's fun, I think that's all they care about.
1: And I think you react to what your audience accepts, what they reject, and it's... um to it, like the fact is right now, like as much as the it's, idea is that we're marketing to children, it's
0: adults.
1: It's love, older. Yeah, older adults are their key audience. Like there are more people older than
0: us than that are younger than us that are watching WWE. Yeah, it's not like adults are craving. Adults are craving like some some adults are craving like more of a shoot style product, but adults love all that other stuff too. We love Braun flipping over cars. We love Will Osprey doing doing you know lucha stuff. We love lucha things. It's so. it's the
1: funniest thing that people look at this era as gearing everything towards kids when it's the older audience watching. And yet during the attitude era, when it was thought that they are marketing to adults, it's like the kids audience was gigantic in the attitude era.
0: Yeah, certainly there are things that I think we we want out of the presentation that we hope are a bit more, um, I guess, um, I don't know, less insulting to our intelligence. Uh, and those are the things that I feel like the the product needs to grow up uh, with. But
1: I, I I don't uh, look at the in ring as something that is a prime concern to me of the WWE product that they are delivering. I think the in ring is uh, pretty pretty consistent and pretty like my God, just go, going back and watching that Royal Albert Hall show and you compare mm-hmm. the it's. It's a different, it's a completely different era. Yeah. Like so different um, in terms of what is expected in the ring, what performers expect of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me, the in-ring is not um, an issue at all for me. Brandon from Oshawa. Coachman called the gauntlet match one of the greatest matches he's ever seen. I wonder if it ranks up there with the five-star classic that he witnessed last week. I'm not sure how to feel about this Raw. I like the different feel, but two hours straight of wrestling may have been a little too much for me. I feel they should have booked it the complete opposite with the Rollins, Reigns, and Cena matches coming at the end of the match instead of the beginning. There's an argument for that. However, they they weren't going to beat Braun. I mean, that was... yeah. Braun is the most protected of all the guys, and that's just how it was going to be structured.
0: I think also setting the tone for the rest of the match using um, a combination like um, Reigns and Rollins and following that up with Rollins and Cena made me more invested in the rest of the match. And if you look on paper,
1: first of all, I don't think on paper you could have imagined Rollins performing at the level... Like, I can buy it, but seeing it was something different Mm -hmm. that I'm sure you could have thought that okay seth is out finn's gonna just pick up from where seth leaves off to carry the match until the end with Braun and miz and to me it was to me finn didn't really stand out in this match as you pointed out um Um, he adds on a side note i'm not one to care or pay too much attention to their theme theme song choices for pay-per-views but this one mom by will roosh will get totally ridiculous by the end of the night. It played during every single commercial. I'm almost looking forward to the inevitable Pitbull or Flo Rida WrestleMania song.
0: It's Kid Rock this year. That's for WrestleMania, yes. We go to Jay from Colorado. Wow, I was really not looking forward to the gauntlet match at the beginning of the show. It just didn't sound fun or appealing, especially with no stakes, but they proved me wrong. It was fun, exciting, and the matches weren't bad at all. It made me at least feel like we may not get Roman winning on Sunday. The writing of the Matt Hardy Bray Wyatt feud has been amongst the worst I've seen in a long time. They just seem to have a fundamental misunderstanding of the Woken character. I heard rumors that they may be bringing the rest of the broken universe into the fold. Anyway, to those rumors? We don't know. Um, Just that I feel that
1: there's really no sign on the main television of like that direction. Yeah. I mean, they could. Like, that's always an option that they could do, but... I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know how much you're investing into this feud that to me is just
0: such a nothing mid-card feud. The fact that they're dragging this out, as long as they are, tells me that they have some epic finale planned. And I can only imagine that being something on the level of a house of horrors or, you know, this whatever, uh, A, what, what are those called? Final deletion type of things. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Matt here writes, I thought the gauntlet match was a great way to showcase the top talent. I thought the match was fun. Everyone came out looking good. I wish every show had this much wrestling. The third hour was not as strong and expected and the expected Hardy Wyatt match leaves much to be desired, but I still thought this was a decent enough edition of raw.
0: Joseph from Mississauga boy, did that first hour and a half fly by going into the gauntlet match. I didn't know what to expect seeing as how there was no real reason for this match to be held because of the fact that all these men would be competing together in less than six days, but boy, did I enjoy it. The fact that we just nearly got two hours straight of quality wrestling, barring some Elias moments, I was a happy viewer. I would much rather see this instead of some useless selfie promos and some horrible screen effects coming out of nowhere. Seth Rollins was the MVP of, co- of the show, and despite all of the events that occurred after the gauntlet match, which was very lackluster, I still found myself coming out of this episode of Raw Content.
1: Lewis. The gauntlet match was fantastic and was the best two hours or so of Raw I've watched in a while. They really gave Seth Rollins a spotlight, which makes me wonder what the plans are for Mania with him, because hopefully they wouldn't give him this one-hour spot for nothing. Braun is the biggest babyface in the company, and week after week it seems like everything should be be built around him and not Roman Reigns for Mania, but I can't imagine WWE calling an audible on their year-long WrestleMania
0: plans this late in the process. We go to... Uh, what's this gentleman? Jalen, who says, I have to give props to WWE for trying something that's very unWWE like with the approach to that gauntlet match. It's a shame that the match had no stakes to it, which I think is extremely problematic for a two-hour match. Seth was unquestionably the MB- MP- MVP and the people they had him beat... And the struggle through his matches really helped push the idea of him trying to climb back up to the top. However, once Seth lost, I think we all kind of knew the end result. And I wanted it, and we were just waiting for Braun.
1: Brody from Aurelia, what a refreshing and fantastic experiment that was the first two hours of Raw. I think this could have been the easiest three hours of Raw to get through in a long time or even ever, and it would be very interesting to see how the Raw numbers fluctuated throughout the gauntlet. Speaking of which, what a match. How nice was it to get wrestling on a wrestling program? Despite the constant reminders of Seth Rollins' do-or-die attitude from the commentary, he truly was a superstar in this match. The sequences between he and Cena truly stood out. Even though the last hour was bland, it was much easier to swallow because of what preceded it. Awesome episode of Raw, 8 out of 10.
0: And finally, we go to Mark, who is actually in attendance tonight. He says, Hey there, both John and Way. I was able to attend li- Raw Live this evening. It was a show that honestly flew by, given the first match took two hours. The crowd was hot for most of the night and was almost a sellout from what I could see. Some of the loudest reactions would have been to Roman, of course. A good pop for interrupting Reigns. Oh, Seth. Mm-hmm. Seth, of course, a good pop for interrupting Reigns. Finn got a nice pop as well. Braun was a big hit and made that match ending very enjoyable for the crowd. Asuka also got a good reaction, and when the crowd tried to what her, I heard a lot of boos directed toward those. Also surprised to hear the reaction Bailey got, but there were definitely a lot of families in the crowd. We also got a Bray Wyatt versus Woken Matt Hardy match as the dark main event, with it go- with it going. With it going longer than I expected, but Hardy won to send the whole uh, place happy, home happy. All in all, a good show, and I hope tomorrow's SmackDown follows the trend.
1: All right, well, thanks a lot for that live feedback in Phoenix. Uh, As we mentioned at the top, they're back in the same arena uh, for SmackDown on Tuesday night, uh, which will feature SmackDown 205 Live and the Mixed Match Challenge. We have Nia Jax and Apollo, just Apollo. taking on Bobby Roode and Charlotte. Charlotte's got to do two matches tomorrow night. Oh, She's got a, wow. the six-woman six tag as well on mm. SmackDown. And the debut of Buddy Murphy yes. on 205 Live. I'm yes. actually looking forward to 205 Live. Me too. Should be fun. All right, that is going to wrap it up. Did we go longer than the longest match in WWE history? Of course we did. Wow. See, we do it every week. I don't Sorry, know why. How
0: long did the match go?
1: Hour and 47 minutes. Oh,
0: we did not. We didn't. No.
1: No. well we can't dr- we, we had a beginning part though you, yeah you're adding it we, all together we did not well then Seth Rollins was greater than us on Monday night uh, that's gonna wrap it up though folks Postwrestling.com for all your latest news we've also put up a master list of Wrestlemania events there's a lot of events going on so that list it's also up on the forum and
0: I'll be constantly updating it as more announcements are made for Wrestlemania week also for those of you who are attending the NXT live event oh that's right in Mississauga this week Uh, John and I will be there, so if you guys uh, see us, please say hi. Yes, Mississauga at the Hershey
1: Center on Thursday night is where Way and I will be for the NXT show. And, of course, Friday we're back with our Rewind Away show. You can go to postwrestlingcafe.com, sign up now. You'll get that show on Friday, and we'll speak with you on Tuesday night.